Hey there, friends, it's Nick. And I want to talk about breaking things, breaking things for innovation. I came across this, I think, first time I thought about it consciously was back in university. I was studying media and we had a guest talk, a guest a speaker come in from Sky, which was then B Sky B, from what I remember. And Sky was kind of breaking the television landscape, right? For years and years, we'd had the BBC, BBC One, BBC Two, and then ITV. And in the 80s, we got Channel 4 as well. And these were the four terrestrial channels in the UK. And Sky and B Sky B came in as competing satellite television stations, essentially, television networks. And eventually, Sky swallowed um, B Sky B. Sorry, Sky. Sky swallowed the other one and became B Sky B and eventually just became Sky. But anyway, back in the 80s, no, when would this have been? Yeah, it might have been the late 80s, 89, maybe 90, I suppose. We had this talk this from this guy. And it was really interesting because we all felt, I mean, I'm talking about a bunch of teenage, nearly 20, sort of fairly reactionary students, I suppose, that that B Sky B was a bit bit crap. And I'm not talking about they had movies, which was was a big deal. But their actual kind of their television output was just completely different from what we were we'd been used to. I mean that you know if you went to the BBC or ITV, they would repeat programmes, of course, but they would repeat them a year later or two years later or what have you. And they'd be, they'd be broadcasting for a certain portion of the day. You know, when I was a kid, we had this thing called the test card because TV wasn't on all the time. It wasn't on in the mornings. It wasn't really on much over lunchtime. There wasn't there wasn't any programming. You just if you if you turn the TV on, you just see this test card, which TV engineers could use to tweak television's reception or something. But B Sky Beer were doing it differently, rather than than having a whole host of programmes and maybe repeating some months or years later, they were essentially running programmes on a four-hour loop, certainly on some of their their kind of channels. And not surprisingly, we thought that was a bit crap, but it was also, from a, from a perhaps a more grown-up perspective, they had chosen to take one of the kind of the, the tenets of TV, certainly in the UK, and break it and do away with it and and effectively do something that was in some sense kind of felt heretical. And what, what I've noticed as I've got older is how often businesses have, have innovated, have achieved actual innovations by taking away things that we kind of felt were just part of the landscape. This is just how it is. Right. And I'm the reason I'm talking about this now is because there's a really interesting browser, web browser. Now, there was a point, certainly in the um again in the kind of the mid-90s, I suppose, when you know, after after that point where Microsoft, where Bill Gates had written that famous memo. Do you remember that famous memo which was titled The Internet Tidal Wave? Now, up until there'd been a point in the early 90s where we thought that all of these, all this internet stuff, all of this online stuff was going to be in walled gardens. So you had AOL or you had CompuServe, you had 
these companies that were running all of these kind of services and chat rooms and, and interest groups and all of that kind of stuff. But what happened with the web, what the web did was it was it democratized all of that stuff and it allowed websites, actual websites to exist. And Microsoft went from being so so about the internet, and I'm as usual, I'm using air quotes that you can't see, to Bill Gates writing this note that was titled, you can look it up, it was titled, I think, the Internet Tidal Wave, essentially saying that in short order, he wanted every part of Microsoft to have an internet strategy, you know, whether it was Office or Windows or, you know, whatever, the different products in, in those, you know, in the office or, or all that stuff. It, suddenly, he saw the writing on the wall. And Microsoft is an example of a company, a massive company that really turned itself around on a dime. And Internet Explorer was part of that. Before that, you'd had, um, oh man, it's going back a bit now. What was it? Uh, obviously, you had Netscape Navigator. Before that, you had the Mosaic browser was the one I, I first used. Netscape Navigator was suddenly becoming the interface through which a lot of stuff happened. And Microsoft very quickly moved on to Internet Explorer, bundled it in Windows, which is what the antitrust was about. If you remember all that stuff, if you're that old. And there was a massive amount of innovation in that space because essentially what they were trying to do was, <clears throat> I think it was Microsoft, they had this um, strategy of embrace and extend, right? Which is, we'll build a browser that that does everything that other browsers do, that follows all of the, the conventions, but then adds more. And I can particularly remember sitting with a mate of mine watching a, a demo of Microsoft Internet Explorer 3. And it was a demo by two guys on a big stage in Hawaiian shirts. And the demo included the ability to, they showed a demo of a game, effectively, I think it was like an asteroid game, if you remember those. Quite simple, but an amazing thing to see running in a web browser. And this was part of that extend strategy. Not only were they bundling it so every computer had a copy of, every, or almost every computer, certainly every Windows computer had a copy of Internet Explorer, but they were also making Internet Explorer do more and more and more. And then, and then obviously you get uh, Chrome. For a long time, for quite a long time, Internet Explorer was also on Mac. That was part of a deal that Steve Jobs did to save the company, save Apple, and to get some investment from Microsoft. I think Microsoft invested a few million in Apple when when things were looking really dire. And it, you know, it wasn't until later when Steve Steve Jobs unveiled Safari, and obviously then you got the iPhone. But but essentially, I mean, most of that is is like, feels like ancient history in in tech terms, right? And even though you had Chrome coming later, which you know certainly did some some good innovation. Essentially, we're now in a situation where where browsers feel, to most people, I think, a lot like TV. There is a certain amount of things that are just there, that are just part of the landscape. I mean, TV in the 80s, obviously. But I've been using this new browser called Arc over the past month or so. And they are doing the same thing. I mean, I'm absolutely loving it. It's a really different kind of experience. And it's different because they are consciously breaking 
many of the conventions of, of the browser. So for example, uh, they don't have a whole lot of stuff across the top of their windows. Their, if you like, their favorites, their um, URL bar, all that kind of stuff is sitting on the left-hand side. What's another one? Oh, another one is very simple, um, but it's a big change, is that by default, the Arc browser will automatically shut down open tabs that you've had open for a while. And that seems in some sense like sacrilege. I mean, certainly there are members of my family, and I'm not going to name any names, Wendy, who who have so many tabs open for so long that eventually their, their computers or their iPads or whatever it is, they, you know, they kind of grind, grind themselves out of memory because there are so many tabs open. Arc doesn't do that. It, it wants to keep a clean environment for you. And it's the kind of thing where I thought when I first saw it, I'm just going to turn that off because you can turn it off in the settings or change the change the time limits and stuff like that. But actually, I've kept it. And in this way, in a number of other ways, Arc is it's showing me a different way to use a browser. They're, they're actually doing some really cool innovation. I mean, it takes a little while to get used to, but I'm on the verge of switching completely. I haven't done that yet. I haven't, you know, on my Mac, I'm still using, uh, my default browser is still Safari, but I'm actually doing an awful lot of work inside Arc because it is treating the internet as what it's become, which is the the way into the applications that most of us use to do our jobs. So for example, I've got, you know, Google Docs in there, I've got uh, Slack in there, I've got um, all of, you know, my website and all the editing for my website. I've, you know, I've got all of these different tools. Tana, which I'm using now for personal knowledge management, just works beautifully in there. And it's partly because they are they are coming at it from a point of view of this is not a browser we we you know creating to browse websites as such. This is the interface, the the wrapper around the applications that we use to get our work done. And because of that, they're able to take a heretical view of what a browser should be, and they're reimagining it from the ground up. And I'm really impressed so far. And it's that same thing. It's what I'm, you know, why I'm talking about it now is because. There are things in our business, in my business and your business, that we have come to see as just part of the landscape, just part of the furniture. And from time to time, it's really good. It's hard, but it's really good to step back and say, what would happen if I just got rid of some of these assumptions? What would happen if I changed this? What would happen if I dropped this thing that I've been doing forever and decided it didn't matter anymore? It's a mindset, right? It's a it's a way of thinking about things where you you start from first principles. If I was building my business starting now, what would I do if I if I could ignore all of the stuff that's built up over the past, you know, four or five years or whatever? It's a really interesting question to ask. And if you're at all interested in in technology and you do a lot of work online, I'd really recommend you check out the Arc browser. I've got it for Mac. I don't know whether it's out for Windows, but um, I suppose I should have checked that. But most of you guys are on Macs, right? Yeah, probably. Okay. Thanks for listening. Remember that your story means business. If you want to find out how to tell a better story, go to my website, search online for story.business. Bye now.